0: Starting a podcast doesn't have to be difficult. That is why the Life in Business Trailblazer podcast has collaborated with my girl, Yana, the president of Levels to Launch, which offers comprehensive podcast launch services for individuals and businesses. Her motto is, we help you find your voice, shape your message, and level up your brand by leveraging the power of podcasting. Details for this offer will be in the show notes. Levels to launch. Hello everybody. Welcome to another episode here at the Life and Business Podcast. I am so excited that you're here. For those of you who are joining us for the first time, my name is Daniela G. And today I am very excited. I have a wonderful guest, Mr. Laron L. Barton, um, who is so awesome in all his right. And today's conversation is going to be a little bit different than the topics that we typically cover in the podcast. Uh, We are going to be addressing race, mass incarceration, politics, and writing. So Laron, welcome to the show
1: thank you for having me I really appreciate it and I'm uh excited to be on today
0: awesome sauce now before we uh dive into the main conversation for today I want to loosen you up just a little bit so I'm going to ask you a podcast guest engagement question so the question for today is if you had a superpower if you could have a superpower what would it be and why
1: Man, uh, you know, this is such an interesting, such an interesting question. Like, I always think of two things, but it's like I'm, but but it's like I'll be outside Like, I like to fly. Like, you know, I, I you know, I like to be free. Um, I mean, I sometimes like look at the birds and just how they're able to just sort of float through the world and just just sort of catch air. And and it's funny because I I have a really bad um, bad fear of heights, but it's just I just feel like you know flying is something really lyrical and really mm. beautiful about it, you know? I mean mm. like as far as like birds and, and other and other animals to fly, I mean, you know, like one of my favorite animals is uh is a uh, penguins and they can fly and swim and it's just like, man, like, you know, just to be able to just fly would would just be pretty incredible.
0: Awesome. Awesome, awesome. Like I'm also Very afraid of heights as well. Um, I fly by choice, (laughs) but uh, I think for me, it's just like, I I don't do heights. You know, if I have to, I will, but I'll be screaming all the way to the top. Um, And so I feel for me, if I had a superpower, I would love to have the ability to teleport anywhere. Uh right. Yeah, because, be sick, you know, walking, walking sucks sometimes and driving from place A to place B is not always the funnest. So for me, if I had a superpower, I would love to teleport just anywhere back to the future in the um, actually back to the past in the future uh, to work <laughs> to my car. I would love to have right. the ability to do that.
1: Oh my God! Like um, to be able to time travel, oh, you know, man. Uh, you know, for me, like I, I, I've always said this, you know, that uh, I, I want to live forever. Like yeah. I, I, don't want to miss anything. Like you know, like can you imagine like there, there's gonna be several iterations of the iPhone, and it's gonna be just like all this technology that you know we're gonna miss out on. I'm just, I'm just kind of bummed by all this, but yeah. you know, just to see, just to see everything. Uh, yeah. I think that would be uh, the, if, if I can. You know, honestly, yeah, like, uh, to live forever. But at the same time, you know, you would, you would, like, outlive, you know, your, uh, you know, your relatives and it just, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I feel, I I feel for me, if I could live forever, it would, it it would definitely be a beautiful thing. Um, I once heard people say that, like, when you die, you don't truly die because your spirit is still here. And so we're not, we're not here in the physical sense, but in the spiritual sense, we're still existing. And so um, I don't know, like I don't want to experience that just yet, but I feel like the idea and the thought of knowing that... It's just reassuring, right? And so, right, absolutely. When, yep. And so, it's like when we think about all of our ancestors who have passed away, their spirit is still here. Now, do we know how to tap into that spirit is the question. I think many of us don't know how to do that, but I feel that they're with us and they'll continue to be with us. And then, once we expire, our spirit will be here and then we'll see you know like the future generation grow and expand and so it's a beautiful thing to to kind of witness and experience that so when my time comes (laughs) i'll experience that but for the now i feel that it's very reassuring to know that our ancestors are here with us today right yeah so awesome great conversation so all right let me go ahead and jump into reading your bio so, LaRon L. Barton is a writer from Kansas City, Missouri, currently living in San Francisco, California, uh, a graduate of, is it Paseo Academy?
1: Uh, yes, ma'am. Yeah. Uh, Paseo Academy of Fine, of Fine Arts.
0: Awesome. And so, Lauren is also the author of two books, Straight Dope, A 360-Degree Look into American Drug Culture, and All We Really Need Is Love stories of dating relationships heartbreak and marriage in addition to the books LaRon is an essayist whose topics cover racism mass incarceration politics gender and dating these works have appeared in black enterprise salon the good men project your tango media diversity Rockntur, elephant journal east bay times and moad as a young man Loran has had to live with a stutter. At times it was debilitating and confidence hindering, but he has learned to manage the stutter and not let it stop him from taking on another passion, public speaking. Loran has also given talks and speeches at TEDx Wilson Park about overcoming the fear of stuttering, University of San Francisco on black and asian solidarity, Glide Methodist Church on Collective Liberation, been a guest on Al Jazeera's The Stream, Story Corp, Dr. Vibes' Do You Know What Time It Is podcast, and has participated in panel discussions on race and prison recidivism. In his spare time, Laurent mentors young men in San Francisco and loves to backpack around the world. What an amazing bio. You are just such a brilliant, a, a brilliant individual. Um, I also love to write um, and I'm also slowly getting into the public speaking arena um, and as someone who um, suffers from like social anxiety that really impedes my, uh, my speech, I definitely relate to what it feels like and so that's the reason why I wanted you on this podcast to really talk about just different things that are really important in today's culture and climate Um, And so just to kind of give a little bit of backstory, I'm actually from St. Louis, Missouri. So I was born in Haiti. Yeah, I was born in Haiti and then I was raised, I was raised in St. Louis, Missouri. So it's really interesting to see people um, not too far, uh, far removed from where I'm from. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, awesome. Awesome, awesome. All right, so let's go ahead and dive right into our topic for today now I just had the opportunity of reading your bio um, and so we yes. we've understood and you know heard of the different accomplishments that you have reached and earned um, but tell us a little bit more about who you are what gets you up in the morning and how do you forge a new trail on a daily or yearly basis well
1: you know um, well, well thanks for that in- for that introduction like you know it's it's always interesting to, you know, to hear to hear your bio, right? Because it's like, oh man, you know, I've, I've done this, I've, I've done that. Um, what gets me out, uh, t- to be honest with you, is um, it is um, trying to create something different, trying to create something something new. Like, you know, I you know I always say, you know, every day is another chance to make it right, mm-hmm. right? It's, an, it's it's another chance to go, to get it right, and so. I'm always fascinated by, you know, creating new projects, by earning, by, you know, um, having great conversations, and to really uh, elevate different voices. You know, um, a lot of my work has to do with, uh, with, with race, this form of uh, racism, white, white supremacy. You know, talking about the, the effects on race, uh, with, uh, with. With African American people, specifically Black boys, um, I am very passionate about mass incarceration because I do feel like that it is 21st century slavery, and I do feel that um, that it is an incredibly uh, important part of our of our lives, and that it needs to be discussed. You know, too many people kind of treat mass incarceration as uh, as as long as it's not seen, you know, it's not a problem. or they treat it like, okay, well, it's your fault you got locked up when when we never really look at the um, the, the conditions that are created that I'm not going to say allowed but that has people make the decisions that they make, you know, so, yeah, you know, that's what you know, that's what kind of gets, you know, that's what kind of gets me up, like, I, I just I want to be able to make my mark and to also help with change, you know, or at least illuminate People's minds and give them ideas on how to change. Mm,
0: I love that. Wow, I love how you say that. For each day, it's a, it's another, it's another opportunity for you. And I love how you Absolutely. use the, 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 uh, the adjective illuminate. Right. It's, 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 it's really your opportunity to show the world who you are and to also display the various gifts that only you possess i believe yeah. that yeah. i Absolutely. believe i believe that as as afraid as we can be about the idea of something there is something inside of us that we can only share with the world like no one else has that talent no one else has that skill Absolutely. so if we are if we are given the opportunity to wake up every single day and keep showing up and keep doing it I feel that we should do the thing that we were called to do. A lot of people can't find 5%. what that is specifically, but I feel that there is something inside of each and every one of us that only that individual can, can kind of share and showcase that skill or talent with the world. Only that person.
1: I, I, I agree. I mean, I, I feel like that, you know, as a writer, you know, it's a, you know, that's God gift, right? Mm. So, this is what God has, has put me on, 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 the planet to do. Like, you know, I remember like, you know, when I was, like when I was with my lady a couple of years ago, it was like my 30, 38, 39th birthday. And I, you know, not, you know, not to date myself, but I said to her, I was like, you know, babe, I finally know what I'm put on this planet to do. And that is to create stories, to write stories, to, to create content that's going to uh, entertain as well as to edify people. And you know the subjects that I take on, you know uh, they can be tough. But you you know like not everything's like uh, rainbows and sunshine. You, you know like we need to talk about the tough stuff. And so this is why um this is why I write the way that I write.
0: Hmm. Yeah. And I feel like, too, a lot of people are afraid of having those tough conversations. They would prefer sad, right? to address, right, it's like they would prefer to address the easy conversations, but what truly matters is what they're turning their backs on. And so we're going to dive exactly. into that a little bit more into the conversation, and so I'm really excited to just be educated because I definitely exactly. need to do my homework, <laughs> but I feel that... Uh, I'm always a student of life, and so I really enjoy learning, and so definitely looking forward to our conversation a little bit uh, today, so all right, so let's kind of build on this conversation that we started by uh, switching gears and talking a little bit more about your writing, Um, so you're an author, uh, an essayist, writer, where does your creativity come from, what inspires you and what is the message that you want your writing to convey to anyone who reads it?
1: Right. So as um, uh, that's a really good question. Bro, man, these are awesome questions. Yes. Um my what inspires me is is life. You know, what inspires me is telling telling a story that does not get told very uh, very often. You know, like for example, um, I do a lot of writing about the black male in America, right? And so I feel that a lot of our story is not told because we're not understood, we're we're demonized and we're we are ignored, and so I try to uh, humanize us in any way that I that I possibly can because society looks at us as demons, and so I try to make sure, hey, we are full body people, you know, um, and as far as um, gosh, oh um, I'm sorry, what was the other part of oh, of the question i'm sorry
0: Yep, so it's where does your creativity come from and what inspires you and what is the message that you want your writings to convey to anyone who reads it
1: you know i, I as far as inspiration of uh, life life inspires me i mean like i you know one thing that i love to do is i love to read a great um a, um, a, a great piece you know one thing of of one thing I love to do is to read, uh, read a fantastic like, or sorry, hear a fantastic uh, podcast. You know, I was, uh, I, I, I was, I was thinking about something the other day. I was like, you know, um, the podcast Gangsters Capital," and it was about the college and admission scandal. I was like, man, this was. A really phenomenal piece of work, mm-hmm. and so you know that inspires me. It's like other writers doing great things. Yeah. You know, uh, people like Michelle Alexander, mm-hmm. people like uh, Doc, Dr. Tommy Curry. You know, they're they're really kind of like pushing the needle. You know, um, things inspire me, such as uh, such as seeing you know other people really doing really doing some some um, some great stuff. I mean, you know, one of my heroes is uh Soledad O'Brien i think that her journalism is fantastic like it's just you know she's ferocious and she you know she's just she's smart and she's you know she's sharp um i love i love lisa lane you know i i i love that sort of that in that investigative stuff you know mm-hmm. i uh i read a piece um i'm sorry i was reading a piece uh, last week about um gay and latino men who are being targeted uh, with with meth by older stories that that you don't hear very often and i thought that it was so good because it showed that you know this is not something that we're just kind of imagining like you know this is you know this is real this is real stuff and so i i just you know that kind of stuff really like you know when I hear, like, you know, when, uh, like when I read a, a, a great piece of journalism or a great op-ed or when I hear a podcast, when I, when, I, when I read a book, it just makes me like, man, like, you know, I want to put something down. I want to try to compete with that, like, you mm-hmm. know, because I think that as a writer, you know, you have to read writers, right? I mean, like, you know, writers write and writers also read, mm-hmm. too. And so I believe that when you do that, it just makes you want to, right? Like, I bet that, um, let's so say like Kevin Durant, it's like one of, he's probably, in my he's probably the best player right now, but he's, but, but he's, but he's not playing right now, right? Mm-hmm. And so I bet that, you know, Kevin Durant's sitting on the sideline, and, and he's watching these, 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 these players, uh, play, and he's like, man, like, I just, I just want to just, you know, like, you know, get down, uh, and I just want to, uh, you know, I just want to play. So it's, So you
0: can get inspiration anywhere. Yeah, no, yeah. And I definitely, I definitely agree with your, uh, with your sentiment and response that life inspires you. I feel like life is one of the best wisdom shapers that I've experienced because our experiences help drive our perspective and who we are as people. And I love how, with your response, your writing is reflected of the black man experience. And I will have to agree with you that, yes, I feel that black men are dehumanized. You know, anytime, anytime that you hear of some kind of shooting, most, most likely is going to be of a black man who appeared to be a physical threat but was not a threat. But was not a threat because the individual didn't have any kind of weapon, right? right? So it's um it's very interesting, and I feel that this shows your authenticity and nice. your your genuineness and wanting to use your talent and your gift to convey a message that is truly important for all the masses to hear.
1: Well, yeah, I'm, uh, I mean, I feel like that. You know, I could look. I could write about anything, right? Like you know, the the stuff that I write about is not is, is. I mean, look, talking about the the plight of the black man. You know, I like I'm I'm gonna be writing a piece this year on how black men are just not able to be seen as victims, right? Mm-hmm. And that kind of stuff is not popular. Like it's not something that you know people are sort of dying to read, or you know, you know they can't wait to share. Yeah. Because the because the fact that we're just like, we're not that sort of that I that identity that people really care about. Now, now mind you, I, I write about all kinds of all kinds of black folks, right? You know, I don't spread me you know, like look, you know, when I say I, I I love black people, I love black people, right? Yeah. But you know, I I have to lean towards black men because you know, because for two reasons. First off, that's who I am. Like you know, I've, something like the Spike Lee, uh, one one said, and, I, and I'll never forget this because it's one of the most important pieces of uh, advice I, I ever received. He said, "Write what you know," right? Mm. And so I'm gonna write what I what I know is, is 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 this intimately because I'm that, and and two, I just it's not just for me, you know, like I. I have nephews. I used to be a um, a mentor. I teach creative writing twice a month in the San Francisco County Jail. So I'm all I'm also doing this to uh, to lift us up because if you go on Twitter uh, again, if you so society has a very negative view of us, so I'm doing what I can to counteract that.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And actually I was reading one of your pieces on your website uh, last week And um, it, it was an excerpt from your book um, And let me actually pull up the, the book name And it's the Straight Dope, a 360 degree look into American drug culture And so I found it very uh, interesting how you kind of start the book off By talking about how you were in high school And you left because you wanted to work and you went to some kind of organization that's probably in the area that you were in at the time and pretty much a lot of people just go there to find like menial work yeah and so yeah yep and so you went there and you found a job that was just like torture um, and you oh, were being no, underpaid. No, it was horrible. Yeah, you were being underpaid. And the individuals who were offering you and another person a ride were actually crackheads. And so they oh. actually were smoking, I think, when they delivered you and, you and the other individual to the Absolutely. work location. And so ever since then, you were kind of like, this is not the life that I want. And you change that. So I find it very, very interesting that you share a very personal experience that's real that happened to you. Let's think about all the people who are experiencing some very real, raw life experiences, but they don't have the ability to actually talk about it.
1: Well, you know, like, well, you know, thank, uh, th- thank you for highlighting that. You know, for me, like, one of my greatest strengths is to, you know, sort of share my life experiences. Yeah. And what I mean by that is, is like, i don't um i don't shy away from you know sharing like the good and the bad right because you know there's because you know there's a lot of stuff that uh that has happened in that has happened in my in my life you know and one of the things is is that um i you know i talk about you know i've been to jail um i've um gosh you know you know i didn't want to go to school um in my book, Straight Dope, I touched on the fact that you know I was starting—I was starting down a road to getting addicted to promethazine or you know what you would call syrup, you I know, mean, like you know cough syrup. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean like you know these things happen. Like you know my TEDx, I talked about you know the, the struggles of the struggles of my stutter, you know, and so. The reason why that I do that is because a I I I think these are really inter- interesting stories, right? Yeah. And b I just want people to know that hey, you know what, I was there. So again, it, it's like what uh, you know, one of the things like that that I, that I love about my lady so much is like she she gives me a lot of knowledge and she's really helped me to realize this phrase of like uh, be of service, right? Mm. And so well, yeah, you know, I want to be known as a grown great writer, but it's more than more than
0: right
1: you know we'll, we'll, you know we'll like hit somebody over the head and and be like hey you know what you're not the only one you know uh Leron has went through this too and so I don't mind sharing that that story that you, that you brought up because it was such a pivotal point in in, in my life like a lot of people and I'm lucky that I was able to go to school. A, a, a lot of us a, just, just a lot of people in, in general you know just this is a total like race neutral thing but a lot of people in, in general cannot afford to go to school and so I realized that at that point in, in my life this was the only way that I was going to break out of poverty. Mm. and it was one of the greatest decisions I've ever made ever made in my life because you know it changed my tra- my trajectory
0: yeah Let's face it. We've all been there where we're unsatisfied with our current job and just wanna grow, or we feel that we're not the best interviewees. That's the reason why Legacy Republics exist. Legacy Republic is a premier resume writing and interview coaching service that helps you in amplifying your hidden professional skills. It's all about the words you use and how you show up as your best self. Don't get stuck with submitting an incomplete resume or going into an interview unprepared. Visit www.legacerepublicwithak.com for a consultation today. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. You know, it's so, it's just so, I love, I just love authentic stories and just transparency when it comes to life because I feel that the more that we're able to relate to each other the better our connection right and we all know and we all know that we need community because we get so much further when we have a collective of like-minded individuals and so i just love that about your story and so we're gonna go ahead and dive head first in this conversation about mass incarceration and so um, there's an author's name that you referenced earlier, and I recall starting to read her book. Um, and the author is Michelle Alexander, and she has a wonderful, renowned book that is titled The New Jim Crow, Mass Incarceration in the Age of Color Blindness. And so this book just addresses the business of mass incarceration and how uh, this system is really set up to break and dehumanize the black man that something so little so minor can be amplified as something so major and could cause a black man the rest of his life behind bars and so let's just talk about mass incarceration and why having this conversation is so important in today's culture
1: well you know uh, well you know for me mass incarceration is a so I wrote a piece, uh, you know, like one of like one of my favorite pieces that I that I, that I ever wrote, just just off of straight emotion. Uh, it was called uh, it's called "Musing of Survival," uh, the Mere inevitability of of prison for uh, for you know young black boys. And so what? And so the reason why that 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 I wrote that piece is because when you're coming from where you're coming from, like look. I'm I'm from the ghetto, right? I'm you know, I'm from Southside, Kansas City, yes you know it's a pretty rough neighborhood. And jail it's not truly I mean it's not a hundred percent inevitable, but it's but it you have to work to not get or get arrested because there's so many things that society has created to ensnare you to go to jail. Yeah. And so, you know, I I just knew from an early age that you know, it was a possibility, and, you know, being, you know, being someone that, you know, has went to jail, and the fact that, you know, reading, um, just being, just sort of being interested in why is mass incarceration such a, such a profitable business, why is it such a, a large, uh, a large force in, 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 my community, you know, as I, as I began to read, and I, and I came across uh, Michelle Alexander's book, and it's truly like one of the greatest books I've ever read because it's so deep. And you know, one of the things that Miss Alexander says is that she says, you know, racism is very dynamic, right? So it constantly bursts, it bursts. So, you know, racism is something that changes from, from generation to generation. So it's like, you know, we have slavery, then we have reconstruction, then, then we had the Black Codes. Then we had um, the Civil Rights Movement. Then we had the War on Drugs. Now we have uh, now we have mass incarceration. So it's almost like, well, we can't give you a ticket for being black, so we will give you a ticket for loitering. You know, we can't give you a ticket for being black, so we'll so we'll have sundown towns. You know, we you know we can't uh, we, we 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 can't arrest you for being black, so. We'll give you so if so if so if you have a a small uh, iota, a, a small portion of of crack cocaine, you know your you know your sins will will be one hundred times to that of uh, of someone possessing cocaine mm-hmm. because because you are black and so what Miss Alexander does extremely well is it's like she shows how just how much. Racism hasn't really changed, and just how slavery has has like sort of formed into mass incarceration. You know, I learned the term "21st century slavery" from a man by the name of Scotty Reed. Scotty Reed is the founder of Black Talk Network. Very intelligent brother. Just you know, he's really taught me a lot. And so Miss um, Alexander's book, she pretty much frames this as you know, this isn't. This isn't a, a thing where... So, uh, so let me back up. Yvette Carnell of Breaking Brown says something that, I, that, I, that I'll never forget. She said that when you have numbers of this many numbers of black people being arrested and being incarcerated, that's no longer individual choice. Mm-hmm. That's systemic. And so that's what Miss Alexander... Ms. Alexander's book, I'm sorry, does better than probably anything that that you will, that you will read out there. She doesn't go up, go about it from a, from a class angle, and you know that's one of the uh, things that I I, I I I've always railed against, right? I'm, you know, to me, when you say, "Oh, it's not racist class," that's that's a coward's argument mm-hmm. because it's because it's always race and because. The fact that there are more black men in prison in the United States than there are women around the world. Let me repeat that: there are more black men incarcerated, and when I say incarcerated, I'm, I mean either behind bars, uh, at um, at home with um, with a uh, with a house arrest ankle, or or as or as we say on paper, which is uh, which means prob- which means probation. There's they are have some form of a government. Incarceration attached to them then there are women and women of all races in th- in the United States, England, India, other countries that are locked that are that are locked up. So what that means is that this is a targeted this it's a targeted system to ensnare black men and put them behind bars.
0: Mm. Mm. So is there is there a way that black men can avoid? Getting or being incarcerated,
1: you know, man, wow, that's a really good question. So, if we look at the numbers, right? Sorry, right, I'm not in prison, right? I'm I'm not addicted to drugs. Um, I'm doing pretty decent. If we're gonna keep it all the way live, I'm lucky because the system, the the numbers show. Again, this isn't any. This isn't an an individual choice this is systemic yeah. so I mean shit, man, like you know Tariq Nasheed once said you don't have to be you don't have to commit a crime to be convicted of a crime mm. I mean you know we see people like uh, like, like Ronald Cotton his brother um, I forgot what part of the south he's from but he was convicted he was charged and convicted of rape of a white woman because the white woman dreamed that she was right by him, right. So I mean, it's honestly, I don't know. Like, like you know, what I mean, like when we are such a bottom cast, poor, poor group, right? I mean, I, you know, what? I'll never forget this conversation as long as I live. Um, I had, um, I, I went to San Quentin to listen to a panel and to sort of participate in, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a recidivism talk, right? Mm-hmm. And I was talking to his brother. He was going to be getting out pretty soon. He was like, you know, um, I don't want to parole back to California. I want to parole to Nevada because I don't want to be around, you know, my folks. But the parole board won't let me parole to Nevada, so I got to parole home. So what he's telling me, and, and again, this is what Michelle Alexander's book does so well. She lets you know that it is a system. So so check this out. You uh, you and I've done a lot I have done a couple of inter- interviews of people who did time and who and who were released. So and this is for people that just that may not be aware of this. So you get out of prison, right? All right, so yo, so I'm gonna give you two hundred dollars, that's called gate money. I'm gonna put you on a bus, I'm 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 gonna put you on a train. And I'm going to dump you
0: yeah.
1: into the city. Mind you, you only have two hundred you, you only have two hundred dollars, right? Mm-hmm. You don't have an ID, you more than likely you don't have contact with with your family. If you're lucky to get a place in a halfway house, that's that's cool. You really can't get a job. You can it's really hard for you to find an apartment. By the way, these are things that, that were done. Due to the crime bill, which uh, which Democratic presidential candidate Joe Biden co-authored, so you're stuck in a situation where you have you have no money, you uh, you really don't have a lot of money, you don't have a place to stay, you're trying to survive. Oh, by the way, you may have a habit. So what do you do?
0: Yeah.
1: You know, you you know, you can either try to grind, stay on the straight and narrow, but uh, but, but again, you're having such a hard time finding a job that. More likely, people reoffend, and they and they are what we call recidivists, and so they're right back inside. Yeah. And so this is again. So if you read Michelle Alexander's book, she talks about this, and you know that's when I like reading her book. You know, just doing a lot of research just made me realize this is a system. We're all human capital here. Yeah. So I mean, uh, so to answer your question. How can black men stay out of prison? Um, how can we stay out of jail? Um, well, I mean, well, we're black, so that's so 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 that's a strike. We're a, we're a man, so we're fear, so we're we're fearing, and we are hated. I would just say, just you know, go to school, try to uh, try to keep yourself out of situations, but even that won't that won't that won't help so again like it's the mere inevitability mm. like it doesn't like it's just that's just a tough question that i cannot
0: answer yeah and i feel like you know like when people when people don't really study like mass incarceration they really truly don't understand what is happening like in my mind and based off of like personal experience with the with the family member. What I see is this when you know as, as it pertains to mass incarceration, you have this system that mentally and emotionally dismantles the black man. It pretty much dismantles his character, his integrity and everything Absolutely. about his manness. So they spend all this time uh, mostly in social um, like away from the social masses. They you know uh, they're in solitary. that's the word I was looking for. And so they lose the ability to connect with other people because they're only seeing one type of species or one type of person, which is just a man. So they are dehumanized, they are taken away from society, they're just put in some kind of box and they're expected to pretty much be normal. Then they're released from prison. And they have no sense of direction as to how to reconnect back with society. Because a lot of people who go in, they have these very lengthy sentences. And so their mind and their behavior is only fixed on the time period that they were in before they got incarcerated. So once they come out, all these technologies and different things like change. Like the advent of Facebook is presented. And so now they have to reassimilate but they don't know how. And all they know truly is what they knew before they went into jail. And so if they can't find a job, they're gonna go back to selling drugs because that's what was making them a lot of money. So this whole mass incarceration system is not really set up for them to be successful after. It's really set up for them to come back because again, the individuals who run these prisons are earning so much money and are getting free labor from These black men and just men or women who are incarcerated so it's a very it's a very unfair system which is why our young black men need to stay away from it because their freedom is compromised then they're pretty much like thrown back into society and expected to thrive but they can't because they can't vote most of them can't find a job because they have this criminal record so what are they supposed to do
1: absolutely i mean it's like Look, you know, if you think about it, right? I mean, when's the last time you've been back to Sam, uh to St. Louis?
0: Uh, last year in May.
1: All right. So when you went back, uh, did a lot of it change?
0: No, it was the same.
1: <laughs> all right. All right. So you know, like sometimes, so sometimes when I go back home, uh, you know, I'm 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 like, oh my god, that changed. You know, uh, you know, you know, w- when did this come up? Oh man, like that that closed. Just imagine if if you're gone for like a year, two years, maybe five years, right? Yeah. You come back home, you know, stuff is not the same. You know, people people have moved people have moved on. You're you're trying to reacclimate and you know, life life in prison is or I'm sorry, life in, in any type of in, incarceration is very rigid mm-hmm. Right? You know, you have rules, you know, you know, when to sleep, when to shower, when to do whatever. You're let out in, into the world with very little resources. Well, you know, as, you know, as you said, you're bound to reoffend because people are gonna look. People are gonna do what they're going to do to survive, and I don't think like I just. I'm sorry, like I just. I think that the the way that we look at post mass incarceration is just really is just really pathetic. I mean, like there's. There's no step down method, you know. I mean, there's there's no like you know, reacclimating people back into society because if you throw some if you throw somebody right into society like that, it's gonna be a shock. Yeah. It's you know, it, it's like going to a foreign country. It's gonna be a culture shock, right? So you're gonna be like, whoa, you're like, you're like, what's what's going on? What is this? I don't know how to speak the language, like. On. I mean it's so that's again going back to Miss Ale- Miss Alexander's book, it it talks about how this is just this is just a system that's just designed to just keep people coming back in. Mm-hmm. You, like, you know, and it, it, it's it truly is the new gym new Jim Crow. And and, and 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 as I said, the majority of the people incarcerated are black men. So this is not by this is not by accident. This is by design. Yeah, you know it's like you know it's crazy. So uh, people, when you hear about voting, right? People will say, "Oh my God!" Like you know, black women voted. You know, like the black woman votes, She's the um uh, she's the most loyal voter. Well, well, you know why, right? Because generations of black men can't can't vote. Yeah, they're gone or they have, they've had their voting rights stripped because of mass incarceration, because of the war on drugs, because of people like Joe Biden. That's what happens.
0: Hmm. Hmm. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about the current political standing in Mars and in, in mass incarceration.
1: You know, for me, um, so I posted something on face on Facebook weeks ago. and uh, Matter of fact, I'm sorry. Uh, it- wasn't weeks ago, it, it was maybe a, a week or two ago, and and I said, and I listed all the reasons why that I wouldn't vote for him, and I said, you know, one thing you have to understand about the 1994 crime bill is that that decimated black America. Like, this thing, it it started the crack cocaine disparity sentencing, which is, which is arguably the most racist um, I've ever seen in my life, and for those that don't know what that means, that that, that means that for one, you have to have one, one hundred times the 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 amount of cocaine. You will get sentenced the same if you if if you had one time the amount of 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 crack cocaine. Mm-hmm. Who who basically who has who has crack on 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 the person more, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, black black people, la, uh, Latinos. Who's more likely going to have cocaine? White folks, right? Two, what it uh, what it did was it it stopped um, people who are felons from getting public housing. That's that's very important. Mm-hmm. It stopped them from, from from being able to get things like food stamps, uh, from you know, um uh, them from being able to get welfare, right? So you're taking away people's you're taking away so many things that people may need at one point in in their in their life to survive. You know, uh, it's given us the uh, the three strikes law, which is extremely racist, right? I mean, it's these are things that are created to house to house people. Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean, it, it's it's stop, uh, it stop felons and prisoners from 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 being able to get Pell grants from. From, from being able to get uh, types of financial aid, yeah. So again, Joe Biden did this right, S- specifically targeting a certain type of of people. And so, as someone who, not only as a black man, but as someone who is passionate about mass incarceration, someone who volunteers, like I don't get paid to teach creative writing in in the jails. I do that beca- I do that because I want to make a difference there's no way in hell and I'm sorry excuse my language but there's just no way that i can sit across my students and 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 teach them and help them try to get a voice and then know that i voted for a man who has created policies that have made it harder for them to to rehabilitate that may have put them there it just it doesn't uh, it doesn't work and you can tell yourself, like, look, and you know, I you know, I said this to, you know, I'm on my Facebook to black folks. You know what? You can tell yourself anything you want to tell yourself to justify that just that vote. But under but understand, he is responsible for black men not being in the for not for black men not being in the home. That's Joe Biden. Mm.
0: Mm. So when we when we talk about race, right? we can really go down a rabbit hole of interesting conversations. And, you know, we're fully aware of how race has affected our ability as African American people to propel and move up the ladder, if you will. And so I I remember when I was in college, I started reading this book about redlining, which is essentially where... Uh, different states and the government only allocate a specific part of the city to blacks only, and so they kind of segregate them or separate them from white people. Um, St. Louis, Missouri is actually a city that has done that, where they have uh, allocated like a specific county just for African American people, and then all the whites would just stay in the suburbs. And so, um... Race has everything to do with that, and so just kind of break that down for us. Like, why, why should we learn and understand how important race is, and how can we, like, how can we actually, like, learn or fight for what is right, if you will? Okay. Very okay. Well, first off, this interview is awesome. Yeah, Um, thank you.
1: (laughs) You know, you've done a. uh, You've done a fantastic job. So I'm mean, like you should be applauded.
0: Thank you. Um
1: for me, race so race is the single, single biggest uh factor in life, period. Mm-hmm. More than anything, look, you know, I'm so I'm a I'm I'm a race first guy. Like, you know, I, I I don't hide that. If you read in my in my writings, you know, race is the biggest, most important factor in your entire life. I've said this before. When I walk in a room, I don't want people to see me as a man. I don't want people to see me as a writer. I want people to see – well, people will see me as a black person first. More than anything, I'm, I'm black first. I lead with that, right? And so the reason why that you need to learn about race is, is because that will teach you how the world is, why it is set up the way it is, why, why there's such a huge racial wealth gap. Why black people have been uh, have been in the bottom? I'm sorry, on on the bottom for so long. Um, you will uh, you will learn about all the things that we have fought for. I mean, just uh, just things that you and I will, uh, will call privileges, but are, but are really just basic human rights. Mm-hmm. That's what uh, that's what we will fight for. You will learn why there's so why, why black areas have been. Are con, just concentrated just with specifically, with you know us and why segregation has is is such an such an important factor. Mm-hmm. You know, you mentioned you know you mentioned redlining. The government had a had a part in red, in redlining. You know, the government. Look, so when people coming back from I believe World War One, World War Two, when they were given access to the GI Bill. Black people, black soldiers, were not able to access uh, their GI Bill. Mm -hmm. So there was a thing called white flight. You know, this is how the suburbs were built. Because many people with their GI Bills or black folks who were ran out of town, which was a a fairly, you you know, often occurrence, white folks fled them areas or made them areas all white. You know, there, there, there's a reason why Portland, you know, from what I've been told, I, I, I've, never, I've never been there. But there's a reason why Portland is just an incredibly, like, white-identified, just white-populated city. Because it was, from what I've been told, it was illegal for, for black folks to live there. Mm. So this is why race is important. It's, it's very important to understand why companies like Facebook and Google have 2 3% black folks. You, like you know, it's it, it's important to know why. I mean, it's, it's important to know about race when 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 you have black people getting higher interest rates on, on loans or just just being denied loans at all. Yeah. It's very important to know about race because then you will understand. Okay, this is why we have PWIs, which is predominantly white ins- white institutions. This is why this is why you know some black folks just opt to just go to HBCUs. So I mean. If you don't, if you don't understand race, and if you don't understand its place in society and how it, how it affects every everything, it, you you can't adopt a class-based uh, mindset solution. You can't adopt um, a race-neutral solution in a in a in a race-based country, and so. You know, a lot of black folks, we want to run away from race because, because look, you know, who wants to be black, right? You know, being black, that means that you are the most hated. You are the most targeted, right? Mm
0: -hmm.
1: So, you know, we tend to, you know, you know, we tend to run away from that. We like to uh, say, oh, well, you know, I don't see no color. You know, Barack Obama was Barack Obama was the president. But. It's but race still matters, so and and it will always matter.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So deep. I love it. I love it. Wow. Awesome stuff. Awesome stuff. And so now we're gonna actually head into a segment of our show that is called Inspiration Avenue. And so after everything that we've talked about today, I feel so inspired. to read more books on race, mass incarceration, and just how it really affects our ability just to move and be successful as African-American people. So now is your opportunity to share a quote or adage that has resonated with you in your life. And then you'll share why this quote or adage was impactful. Wow. Uh,
1: uh, There's there's some uh, proper preparation prevents poor performance. That's that's one of my favorites. Um, I believe that with with anything, I'm pretty sure you know you would agree. Being a being a student, you have to study and you have to perp- you have to prepare for tests, right? Yeah. You know, there's there's something like that. Um, boxers always say some, something like that, some something to the effect of ninety percent of the fight is won in the in the gym, mm. and ten percent of it is when you're is when you're fighting your opponent. So. You know, when every time that I've done a speech or I come to a just a, a let's just say a debate or or a talk or just when I went to write a, something, I've always made sure that I am prepared because when you're prepared, you know the execution is 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 easy. It's second nature. It's it's like oh, it's like okay, I got this. Mm-hmm. So, I, I would say, you know, um, proper preparation prevents poor performance and, uh, and, and also something that, uh, that Malcolm X always said, like make a plan.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, whenever I'm writing something, I don't use big words. There's really no reason to, like I, you know, I, I think that, um, I, I like to call them like 25 cent words, um, um, NSAT words, I think they sound great. You know, like I, 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 may use them on occasion, but when I'm trying to get my point across, I'm, I'm just going to use plain. I'm just going to use plain speak because my mother's the best communicator I know, right?
0: Yeah.
1: And you know, she talks in a very, in, in, in a very plain way. Um, Malcolm X is is my is my hero. He talks in in a very plain way. I always felt like the best communicators are those that anyone can understand. Mm-hmm. And so you know it as long as you're just direct and just you just make it plain you should you should be good i mean using like flashy words of words of the day i mean it sounds good but if don't nobody know what you're talking about like you're know, like you know you, you, you kind of fail
0: yeah yeah i love that i love that quote and i am just so grateful that you were able to bless us with your wisdom and your knowledge about you. these very important topics and so before i let you go officially I would love for you to uh, talk about any projects that you have coming up um, and just share information on where our listeners can actually follow you or follow your work.
1: Yes, ma'am. So, um, I'm at www.lauronbarton.com. Um, uh, I'm on Twitter at Mainline laron. I'm always looking for a great conversation. Uh, let's just keep the national at a minimum of zero <laughs> um, yeah. as far as what I'm working on. Um, uh, you know, this year, um, I'm, uh, I'm 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 going to shoot a short. You know, which is going to be uh, which is going to be really cool. Um, I'm I'm going to be writing a piece on Joe Biden's stutter. You know, I, I feel that uh, look. I'm I'm not a fan of, of Joe Biden, but I feel that when you attack a man because of his uh, speech disability, like I just think that's just so cheap, and it, it it just kind of reeks of like lack of character. I mean, there's so many things to criticize joe joe biden on it. i mean criticize him on honest his, on his policy on on his record the way that he interacts with women mm. but to to criticize him be, because he stutters like that's that's just corny like yeah. that doesn't make any that doesn't make any sense there have been too many incredibly intelligent and impactful people that that stutter so and uh yeah you know i'm, I'm gonna write something um about interracial dating, uh, I think it's gonna be really, int- really interesting. Uh, I'm just gonna be talking about how, you know, we need to think about when you when you date. It's not just because you like somebody. Like, there's other things to uh, to factor in. So, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be writing that, and I'm hoping that uh, it it you know like sorry when it gets published. I'm hoping that people will get will get a kick out of it. So
0: Yeah, awesome, awesome, awesome. And I'll certainly be sharing your information in this Thank posting. You. So you don't have to worry about that. And definitely looking forward to engaging and speaking with you more. Just learning, right? Just learning. And so uh, when it comes to the Life in uh, Business Trailblazer podcast, you can find us on Instagram at T-H-E, L as in Larry, B as in boy, trailblazer. Um, if you want to hear conversations on specific topics, then you can certainly email us at the thelbtrailblazerpod at gmail.com. And we are also on Facebook under the same moniker. So until next time, guys, conquer for new trails. Bye.